Who else? Oh, we say Miami as some version Miami, of that, don't we? Mate, I'll, I'll straight on to that. Miami, Jesus Okay, Christ. so where do they Jesus fit on the R scale? <laughs> like, you go for a forest and, you know, you spill some honey <laughs> and it just sticks to the hair. I don't know what situation <laughs> you've got a jar of honey when you're walking through the forest. Miami is a honey ass, hairy ass of honey. It's game time. So to me, that would be a good way to open it up. Yes. You know, so yeah, there's definite appeal there. Oh, no, we just lost our under 20 demographic. It was a fizzer. So where do young people go when they're not uh, catching passes at the Steelers, Tay? Someone like the Jets will probably throw a massive coin at him to try and send his career into a tailspin. Hot diggity dog. I'm an optimist. I, I like having lots of options. Because, I mean, we see this all the time. We see three for twos. We see two for ones. Honestly, mate, that'd be enough to make me play well. This is a game my wife and I play at home and you're like, whoa! <laughs> this is the Astro League. It sounds so weird in like an Australian accent. The Astro League. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> the Astro League podcast. I think my sheriff's decision is I, I just wouldn't do it during the season. <laughs> All right. So we're back straight into another episode with Tay back for part two. Man, We've got a lot to go through. I know last show, somehow, we managed to talk for a full hour about the previews and the Goober and Super, and there was a, a magical trade that just kind of happened, which did need some elaborating on. Um, man, we've still got a lot to get through because we've got our start to the week. We've got our buy low and sell highs. We're going to recap our old ones and pick some new ones. And, and then we've got some Hawk Watch, which we haven't done for a month, and, and some Listener Mail. I hope you've had your week picks, mate. Absolutely, mate. Gongs, whistles, bells, and, and, and possum dicks in the last episode if you want to go back. I don't even know what's going to be the little grab for the top of last show because there were so <laughs> many things and it's going to be like the AIDS song was back. We haven't heard the AIDS oh. song since week 12 last year. And I know because I went back and found it. And I couldn't believe it was so late in the year. Man, it's just not just a huge moment for the podcast, just a huge moment for the world to see that back. <laughs> I think you're probably right. Did someone inform like the UN or I don't know who's a good global body to make sure that we get the message to to prepare the world? Probably not the UN. Actually. I don't know, mate. If you tell everyone at once, the, the sun will probably implode or something. It's just going to be too nuts. <laughs> right, fair enough. Mate, I reckon uh, no better time to get the ball rolling straight away into our starts and sits of the week. We've had this segment twice now. We played the long one. We played the short one. I'm going to let you pick which one we played this week. Let's go back to long. How about that dirtbag Ken selling me a lemon last week? Anyone want a cheap tight end? I love that you've got billionaire problems in a world where everyone else has just got millionaire problems. It's so funny. Mahomes versus Tannehill will leave Adam feeling like he sat his ass on a burning grill. While Marky Marks does a foreign in Jalen Waddle. Man, he's going to need them to score a full throttle. Kittle needs to stop being so shittle and take down Fant <laughs> so he has less poo in his pants. <laughs> All right, mate, so this has been a good week for me, and I am going to make sure that everybody knows it. After that capitulation first week where I picked 17.7 points between the three people I started, that's a combined total. That's not an average. That's a combined total of three people. I came rolling back this week and put up 34.0, enough to smash Taylor's three choices as he put up a miserly 33.6. So there you go. A huge smashing by just a fraction of a point. How do you look at yourself in the mirror, mate? I don't know why anyone even listens to a word I say after that disgusting performance. Um, <laughs> look, I just have to bow down to you. It was a clear domination, and I've just got to bring something better this week. Yeah, mate, to tell you what, it would be embarrassing to be walking around with 0.36 of a point worth of egg on my face, and uh, mm. I'm very sorry that has to be you this week, brother. So, uh, 
we talked about this off mic. Um, one of us has to choose if, if, if we have one the same, somebody has to shift and go to an alternate. And we sort of loosely decided um, that one of us would always do that. But I think last week we came to the decision that whoever wins the week before gets to go first and keep their picks. So if there is one where we're the same, the person who lost the week before has to come with an alternate. So uh, I hope you're prepared, but I also tried to pick some interesting guys. So hopefully we won't fall on the same square too often. Absolutely, mate. I think it just gives, you know, I don't think we need the extra motivation. I think we like, you know, beating the shit out of each other anyway. Uh, but it, it does give you that extra to, to win because then you know the next week you're picking first on each one. So if there are some sames, you don't have to be the one who pivots. 100%. Well, I'm going to kick this one off with my quarterback start of the week. I had to just get a quick reconfirmation on this one because I had a bit of a heart attack for a moment there. I went, oh, God, does my quarterback have to be outside the top 10 or the top 15? And then less of a heart attack because it turns out it was only the top 10. But I couldn't go past a chance to talk about fantasy football lettuce sandwich. Do you remember who I was calling the fantasy football lettuce sandwich in the offseason? Was it Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Hey, well done. (laughs) I'd like to use his full name, though. Captain James Tiberius Kirk Cousins. And he enters Galaxy's... Actually, not unknown. They're often explored because he's at home this week uh, on planet Minnesota versus Cowboys in prime time. Now, these Cowboys, they haven't been a shutout defense because, I mean, God, we even saw Mac Jones not having a lot of trouble shifting the ball from his own end to pay dirt against that Cowboys team. And look, Kirk's been around the block enough times to not be scared of a pretty middling defense, especially when that pretty middling defense travels on the road to practically fucking Canada. Um, he started in just 40% of leagues, and I think he's pretty comfortably going to throw up 25 points or more. So he's my uh, my quarterback start of the week. Nice, mate. Sounds good. Uh, that wasn't mine, but, yeah, completely understand that. Um, I've gone a bit of a different direction here. So I've I heard you went digging. You'll... I heard you got out the pickaxe and were fucking digging for a real gem. Yeah, I've gone, I've gone quarterback 25. Uh, so I'm definitely uh, – Definitely down there in the dumps, uh, but I'm going to go your boy. I'm going uh, shitty hair, Trevor Lawrence. Shitty uh, hair? That's, yeah, I can shitty, take shitty that hair. back. Take, take yeah. that back. It's glorious. I've said it's it many flowing times fucking on this mane, and you need nah, to respect nah. it. His hair gets too much credit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Look, I, I really like the matchup. Um, I think Seattle's defense in a way, is a bit overrated, uh, especially since Geno started um, being the quarterback. They seem to be keeping teams lower, but that's purely because the offense hasn't really been able to get anything going against the Saints and the Steelers, who have pretty quality uh, defenses themselves. But I can see this game being a lot more high scoring. Uh, I don't really think either defense is going to be able to shut out the other. Uh, yeah. I can see this being a bit of a kitchen sink game for Seattle because they're going to fall to what two and six if they lose. Uh, yeah. So I think they are going to score some points, but I can't see them stopping Jacksonville. I think they're going to be able to throw quite well. Uh, Trevor's been able to show that he will air it out, um, and he's got some decent players in his arsenal. You know, he's got Marvin Jones, he's got you know James Robinson, who's absolutely killing it at the moment. Um, I actually, I actually don't mind the Jacksonville offense. I think it's going to hum here. And I think it's a very good matchup for him. So I, I see his, him as my player of the week at quarterback 25. Damn. Now I actually feel like I should cheer for your guy. 
Uh, yeah, of course you should. <laughs> puts me in an awkward position, man. I, I'm sure you thought about that as you were picking it too and being like, Maddie's going to fucking love this that's, shit. That's what I mean. He, he, it's like he, that's the thing he hates the most is that he's going to have to actually go for my, for my player. So I've really yeah. snookered you here. Fuck, you have. All right. I'm going to spend the next three days trying to work at a, a mental place where I can be okay with that and still cheer for the lettuce sandwich. <laughs> All right, let's move on to running back then. Um, let's do it. No surprises here with this one. I'm just going to come straight out and say I like Zach Moss. He's a starter on a dynasty team of mine that is oddly out to six and one, which is not something you should be if you've got Zach Moss as a starting running back in your team. So maybe, maybe I've always known he's all right. He scored double digits every week except for against Tennessee right before their bye week. And he had double-digit carries in pretty much every week as well. So they're playing Miami. And Miami couldn't stop a drunk toddler from rushing for a bunch of yards and a touchdown. So that's what I'm going to call for Zach here. He's only starting 29% of leagues. You might even be able to trade low for this guy because I bet the Moss owner is like me and just didn't even realize he's actually all right. I've got no issue. He's actually my um, alternate. He's my he's my guy Damn. I went to uh, if he picks my first guy. So... I liked him. I think I quickly brought him up uh, in my um, projections before, but um, yeah. on the last pod. So I think they're going to destroy Miami. Uh, there's going to what happens a lot of the Bills when they put on a lot of points. It seems to sort of get evenly split by the end between the running backs and the uh, yeah. receivers eventually because they just start running and running and running and just really tear the team a new arsehole. And Moss seems to be a huge part of that, and he gets a lot of the goal line work for them. Yeah, um, so I could see him just running in a couple of like two yarders, uh, pretty in the second half, and they just destroy Miami. I wouldn't even be surprised if they put up a fifty burger. Um, so I really like Moss in this game. Um, yeah, I think it's a great pick. Well, um, I'm like not sure if he was your alternate. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you picked cool my that. other guy, then uh, I would have been going him. So yeah, that's 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 a really good one. Um, I think yeah, Miami's in the bottom four against the against the running back position yeah, in general. They're, they're just in the bottom four fucking defending anyone. So now I'm salivating uh, about who you've picked because I'm like, well, if Zach Moss was your alternate, who did you like that pinch more? Now I'm all excited about this. So this was I wanted to take a deeper dive again. So I've gone to running back forty two here. So I'm mm-hmm. going a real sort of out there week. Um, I really wanted to, you know, I, I tarnished yeah. my, you know stellar reputation in week one of this where I took digs and we had to take him off me. So I really wanted to start taking some deep dives on guys that, you know, maybe people were thinking about benching or, you know, in some 10 and 12 yeah. team leagues, you would actually vision these guys. Uh, so I'm actually going with someone that's in your team, mate. I'm going Eli Mitchell uh, at the Bears. And this, this is more, I wanted to speak about him not so much about the matchup. I'm not really singling out the Bears as like an easy team to run on. Like I've seen a lot of teams run on them. I don't see them as great or or bad. Like it's okay. it's not really about the matchup with him. I just want to point out that every time this guy has been healthy and he has been the lead back by a mile. Everyone's talked yeah. about Sermon and Hasty and you know like worries about everything and. When Eli Mitchell has been healthy, he's just been the lead guy by a mile. He gets 18 to 20 carries every single game. Yeah. He looks phenomenal when he has them. Um, they went away from him in the, in the second half. They really shouldn't. Like He should have yeah, been more like that. 29 for 150 Like instead of what he was. They kind of just stopped going to that, that game plan. Obviously, they fell behind, which didn't help. 
And yeah, oh, we're only getting much. eight yards a run. We better go away from that. Yeah. Oh, what was Pretty that? much. 100%. Like, if they, they could have just run him the entire game. Um, and yeah, they, they would stretch. have just kept getting oh, more him. Yeah. All that misdirection and the stretching zones. Ah, oh, they just had no idea how to react to that. And then they went away from it. Oh, it's just frustrating to watch. <laughs> I'm not even a 49ers fan, but I was talking to Pastry Press while this was happening. And he, he was banging the table. He was I could hear it. He was banging the table. And the fact is, there just aren't that many backfields out there that are this dominated by one guy. Yeah. So, just like he, even, even in the ones that you think are, like your Delvin Cooks and your Kamara and stuff, a lot of the time you look and they're actually only getting, you know, 75 to 80%. And like Eli Mitchell basically gets all of it when he plays. So he is clearly the lead guy. Anyone else that has tried to take reps for them has just looked horrendous. Like they had to basically <laughs> use their fullback in Cole use check for a while because they had no confidence in anyone else at all. Yeah. So right now, I just think just keep playing Eli Mitchell like he's the complete starter that he is. And they're gonna they're gonna need to run the ball a bit. Like this Bears game, they could be well in front. Like, you know, the Bears have been horrendous. So this could be a very low scoring, grinded out sort of game. And I think this could be where Mitchell really opens it up and goes more to the 25 sort of carries. And after what I've seen with him, you know, he's he's right right up there in yards per carry at the moment. So yeah. I can see him having another wonderful game. So oh, that's why I said that I really liked your running backs this week when I looked at Fournette and Mitchell um, because I really like Mitchell this week. <laughs> he has been the one thing that made it really worthwhile putting up the Goober score of week one is that I just got a clean yeah. swing at the very first week of the season of someone who nobody expected would be a big deal for a team. And, and it's a bit of an advantage um, because while he hasn't been there every week, he's come back to exactly what he left. And it was almost like getting a free running back too, um, which, you know, that, that's hard to get in the league this big. So, um, man, I love that. I like that you're digging deep and finding interesting guys too. Because, I mean, that was the other thing too. I'm looking at this going, yeah, okay, so we need to pull up guys who would be like, if I'm in a 10, 12 team league, who am I going to have trouble making a decision on if I should start this person or not? That's kind of where I'm going with my choices too. So it's, it's good to know we're on the same page with that, having not really discussed what the premise there is, but we're both on the same page with that. Mate, my wide receiver, um, I think you would know. I don't think you're too young to know this. Um, I assume everyone has seen this show. Uh, um, Jerry, 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 Jerry. And that's what they're going to be cheering in Denver because I think Judge Jude wow. is going to get prepared to return from IR after he hurt his ankle in week one. So I'm going wide receiver 129 against Washington Ball Sash. <laughs> seven targets, six catches, 72 yards before having his ankle rolled up on and he had that high ankle sprain. Now he's going to get to face... Washington this week and then Dallas next week. So, you know, he, he could appear in the segment twice in a way because I think once he impresses this week, you're going to have a hard time keeping him off your list next week. Somehow this guy's available in 35% of leagues. So do yourself a favor and just go and check if he is free to own in your league if you're in a 10-teamer because that's the only format I can imagine he's going to be free in. So in a good friend of the show, Sizzle and Quinny, uh, in their league that I'm in with them, uh, I'll just put one of them on blast here. Um, I did the old thing when Judy first went down, just sort of scoured the waiver wire, just because sometimes people like that get dropped, especially when everyone or when the place and person knows that he's out for four to six weeks. And uh, yeah, um, no. when he actually drops Judy, so and we've got 20. two IR spots, we have 20. two IR spots, so 
I went in there, swooped him up, chucked him on my IR, had him there the whole time, and now oh. hopefully I'm getting the fruit of that uh, coming up. So I've got a bit of a decision, made a couple of trades actually today in that league, but uh, basically staring down Judy or Waddle uh, as my flex. So Oh, that's I'm a nice problem to have. That. Yeah, I think I, I'm with you. I think Judy could go straight into a pretty predominant role. I may lean Waddle just because I've seen it and yep. he's not coming back from the injury sort of thing. So oh, I with may that choice, I would choose Waddle too. Yeah, yeah. But I completely agree with you. Like for this segment and stuff, like, you know, taking a shot on Judy. I know he, the 129 thing's probably the fact that he's been injured for so long. But at the same <laughs> time, you're taking that bit of a risk on someone that is coming back from an injury. So a lot of people out there that have him probably aren't starting him. So, you know, definitely fits the bill. Oh, mate. And I don't have a backup here. So if he doesn't play, our score is zero. So there's a little bit of risk in this. Absolutely. All right, mate. You ready for my uh, wide receiver? Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to wide receive your wide receiver. Oh, that's it, mate. Um, I, I mentioned to you on the side that I had an interesting stack, and this is where it's uh, it's coming in. Okay. So I'm going with starving Marvin Jones. Let's go, baby. Let's stack this fucking Jacksonville stack. Let's oh! tear apart Seattle. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man, you can't, really you legit, can't hate on my team this week. You cannot. you got to love my team this week. Fuck. And I even dug up Jerry fucking Judy, and I'm still kind of like a Marvin Jones over him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, wide receiver 36 on the year. Um, look, he's been pretty consistent. He's had a couple of down games, but like, look, look, look at these target numbers. Uh, he had one game where he had three targets, but outside of that, 9, 11, 8, 6, and 10. Yeah. Uh, before they went on by. So here's a clear part of this offense. DJ Chark going down. I don't know if you've quite seen the the fruit of that um, for Jones yet. And yeah, yeah. I just think this is a really good matchup, like I mentioned earlier with uh, Trevor Lawrence. I just think it's going to be pretty decently high scoring. Um, you know, Seattle are going to score a bit more point, like a few more points than they've actually been scoring the last few weeks just against this Jacksonville team. And I just don't think Seattle has enough to actually stop Jacksonville. I think they've got some great pieces on offense, and Marvin Jones is one of them. So I think he's going to be pretty, very predominant. He's going to get lots of targets. Um, yeah, I, I just see him as a, as a really good play this week. Mate, uh, I, of course, love this. So that's my analysis. <laughs> okay. Yeah, of course. If you had said anything different, I would have been very surprised. <laughs> You'd be so mad at me. <laughs> Um, I think we should move straight into buy low and sell high. Let's recap that sucker and uh, and, and let's pick some new guys because it's been a few weeks and it's time to check the receipts. What do you reckon? Sounds good, mate. So let me take you very quickly behind the curtain into the unimpressive world of how I go about this. I'm giggling just to the word erect. That shows <laughs> the uh, class of this podcast. <laughs> I made sure I worked it in twice. Oh, mate, what a huge budget. We're, we're number one all over the world, this podcast. But thank you for stepping into that world for just a mere moment. Yeah, I'll jump into my uh, results. Um, I had these uh, sell high guys. So my first one was uh, Tyler Lockett. Uh, He was wide receiver two when I said to sell him, and now he's wide receiver 23. So uh, I'll take a pretty big win on that one. Tyler nailed. Yeah, I think you should too. That's nice. That that is exactly what you're hoping to see is sort of someone who had outperformed and was just going to come back to the mean, right? Absolutely. So my next one was Debo Samuel. Uh, he was wide receiver three when I said to sell him, and now he's wide receiver five. I'll actually yeah. suggest that's a slight loss, though, because he's held a very high value. 
Yeah. I don't think I could give you a gong for that one, mate. I'm sorry. Gong guy stays at home. If you're having guy number three at a position, be guy number five when we come back a month later. Taylor failed. Absolutely. I'll admit, though, he's obviously he's not going to be on my list, but I still actually consider him as to sell high, especially with Kittle like looming and coming back because really he's just had the whole job to himself so far. Um, and then I also am not 100% sure what things are going to look like with Trey Lance because it feels to me like they're eventually going to go to him. Um, especially with the the season sort of starting to slip away and Lance being their future, I think they might go away from Garoppolo. And I kind of get the feeling that that's not going to be great for Debo. They seem to have a bit of a mind meld, uh, him and Jimmy, because Jimmy just has no other person he really ever targets. So I'm not sure how that looks for the passing game completely. But look, I'm not again. I'm not trying to say that he's a bad player or anything. He, nah. he really is a wonderful player when he's healthy. Uh, but I, I just think that 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 five top five range, I don't see it finishing that way on the season. So I still think he is a sell high. But again, I'm sure you've got other issues in your team that you're more worried about than selling Debo. Yeah, I reckon. I mean, gee, if you've if you're somehow stuck with Debo, oh, oh, yeah. woe, woe is you. Yeah, oh. just like Pete's team, he's really struggling at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's only his and- third receiver on his team too, because he's got Bobby Trees and uh, Cooper Cup. Like, yeah, Debo is the third guy in that. Like, fuck off. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Just garbage. And uh, so my third was we both had this guy, so it was Gronk. Uh, it's definitely a win for both of us, but he's been injured the whole time. But luck goes against you a lot in fantasy football, so we'll take the luck this time and call it a win. Fucking Taylor nailed right there, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a Taylor fucking drilled it? Can I get one of those? I need need someone in my family to voice one of those. Taylor fucking drilled it. Maybe not the 11 and the 8-year-old, but the wife, she she wasn't so keen to do that one for me. (laughs) He drilled the shit out of that one. Um, I'll let you do your... Um, sell highs. Wow. Let's address the elephant in the room. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor has been <sighs> fucking bomb, mate. He's been the shit since I called for dumping his useless ass. And because he listens to the show, he's been all up in my grill about it. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to taste the medicine on this one too because Jamar Chase... <laughs> Somehow has actually gone up in wide receivers. He was four and now he's two. Um, So I'm going to have to taste the medicine on that one too. But it is an all doom and gloom because, as you said before, with Gronk immediately being so helpful and just thrown up nothing but gooses because of his fucked up ribs. It's not how I like to get wins. But, you know, forfeits, they're still wins, you know. I was ready to play. Gronk wasn't. That's not my fault. That was a brutal section for you. <laughs> First two, oh, my goodness. Fucking taste um, it, yeah. The, the problem was, too, and I even sort of said it when you brought it up, that it actually was the complete worst time to sell on Jonathan Taylor as well because it's not like you even – like, he was at his all-time low value at that time. So, that's why I just questioned it at the time about the whole sell-high yeah. thing. Your, your point was the highest sell on his name, not so much his production. He actually – like was had the worst uh, rate in terms of um you know in the red zone rushing and how many attempts he had and how many touchdowns he had he didn't have a single touchdown from like yeah. I can't remember what the number was it was like ten or something red zone uh, rush attempts and like, didn't mate, get a you touchdown. would get one from so, ten red zone touches I probably would Jesus well, and I'm not exactly a big exactly. red zone guy. <laughs> 
it was incredible. But um, like ever since you said that, he's just absolutely dominated. And yeah, you know, Jamar Chase easily the second best receiver in the league right now. Like it's just incredible. So yeah, it wasn't the best session for you. We lucked no. out a bit with Gronk. Um, I still think the call would have been right on Gronk anyway if he was healthy. Uh, but yeah, we can move to the um, it was the bylaws. I think he did a bit better <laughs> on those ones. So I'll recap mine. Yes. Um, so Damien Harris, uh, I played a bit of a game on the podcast with this one, and I, yeah. I actually brought it to real life. Um, I told people to wait a week and buy him after the Tampa Bay game because their rushing defense is incredible, and he would have played the Saints and Bucks in back-to-back weeks. This late, this paid off immensely. I even used this, like I just said, in in our three different leagues, which I traded for him. Since that game, he scored seventeen point eight fantasy points a game. Yeah. Uh, and that included a game where he came out early against the Texans. Big win. Taylor nailed. That's a huge win. Yeah. Taylor fucking drilled it. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge drill. And uh, whatever the opposite of that is coming up for the next one. Um, <laughs> Taylor, it's the hard, hard on. Um, it's the Melvin Gordon hard on. It's the one that grows inwards. <laughs> Brandon, I yuck. Um Chuck him in the rubbish pile. My goodness. What the fuck has happened to this guy a year removed from a great rookie season last year? It's baffling. Big loss. Welcome to Dumpsville. Taylor failed. Yeah. I mean, and I get the feeling that while the 49ers are probably not going to dump him and trade him or anything like that in the near future, certainly not going to be comfortable in that locker room for him, mate. It's got, being nah. like the, the third kid, I was I was the middle kid in my family. So, I meant my sister sat on one side in the back seat. My baby brother got a booster seat on the other side, and I was wedged in the middle. And I think that's going to be like AU is going to be like that for the rest of the season on a long car trip. Absolutely. Uh, my last one was Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he just didn't produce the games uh, that I was after in the seemingly good matchups. Everything went to Derrick Henry, which is the game you play when starting Tannehill. Uh, QB 21 on the season, which was basically where he was when I said to buy low. So there's nothing game there. Taylor failed. Yeah, it's a tough old sport, isn't it? Well, at least, uh, look, the ones I missed out on, IU was like wide receiver 83 when I told to buy low. So I'm sure he wouldn't have cost you much. He may have even got him off waivers. Uh, And look, Ryan Tannehill just sort of kept what his same value was anyway. So, look, it's not an incredible loss, but it's just, it's just not what you're after. So, I'm not hating on any of those decisions really, but, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the Damien Harris one. Yeah, I think you should shout that through rolled up newspaper off the roof of any building near you just so people can appreciate your fucking genius on that one. Um, that's what I think. Yeah, I think he went from after that Tampa Bay game, I think he was running back 42 or something like that, and now he's running back yeah. 14. So, it's a pretty yeah, big change. Yeah, because when I mentioned mine, one of my running backs too, you're like, oh, this isn't going to be the same fucking guy, is it? Um, in uh, one of those starts of the week ones where he was about the same sort of spot. But hey, look, so two thumbs pointing at this guy with my buy lows because I felt pretty smart about mine. And let's start with the guys here who uh, I, I had success with. I think, um, well, I think Robert Woods was a good call at the time. He had been getting the targets, hadn't really been getting the receptions and certainly hadn't been getting the touchdowns. And he turned that around quite a lot. He's really looking like a very, very, very solid own like you would expect. Yeah. Uh, did you have any insight as to what was going on in the Rams before all of a sudden they started realizing, oh, we've only got Robert Woods on the other side of the field. Why don't we throw him the ball? 
Yeah, he missed all the coffee dates in the morning with Matt Stafford. That's the problem. You reckon that's it? Instead of having, like, so there's breakfast with Cooper. Do you reckon Rob, Robbie just kind of found a way to weasel his way into, like, second breakfast <laughs> late night liaisons or something like that? I don't know. Something changed, and I love it. I don't know. Maybe instead he laid Matt Stafford down and teabagged him. So maybe that's it was a different type of teabag going in a cup. Yeah, yeah there you go. A cup. Oh, there you go. It comes all the way around. Yeah. I'm yeah, gagging cool. for a teabagging. That so one comes back. Cool of love. <laughs> I need to find the episode you sang that in from last year too. Uh, also, Carl Pitts is one where I'm going to play the happy music for myself. Oh, well done. What a comeback from this. Play, play this, it. Uh, wasn't going great for you. But equally, play the sad song for Henry Ruggs. He probably hasn't done enough to say that he's grown in value since my call to just fire him up, start him all the time. He's clearly, you know, more fantasy helpful than he was at the draft, but that's not what the segment is. I deserve this because he's just the same pretty much as he was when I called to buy him. So he hasn't hurt you, but, um, you know, he certainly hasn't grown. Yeah, it is an odd one because I think he actually had a really good week in there. Um, I don't know if it was this, the week after you called it or two weeks after, whatever. So it just he's doing exactly what he was doing before that, though, which yeah. I guess was what, what you were saying. Like he just know. doesn't have any consistency for you to actually have any confidence to put any in the lineup. He throws you out a you know a four catches for 140 yards with one bomb in there one week, and then. He just goes back to his two for twenties and stuff for another two weeks. It's just there's just absolutely no confidence with him. Yeah. All of a sudden, he turns into Odell Beckham Jr. And because I mean, it turns out OBJ not allowed to catch more than two in a game at the moment. So I just, in a sixteen team league, I dropped his ass. I dropped Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, could you imagine telling somebody that five years ago? Oh yeah, he's healthy, and I just dropped him. Yeah, that's how little I think of Odell Beckham Jr. and how much I think of Henry Ruggs. I don't think anyone's clamoring to get him off those waivers either. I can tell you that right now. Uh, Someone picked him up, but good luck to him. Fucking, he's your curse now, whoever it was. Yeah. He's your curse. That is like a Trojan horse in your team that's ready to explode because you're going to be forced into playing him. So there's just this missile sitting on your on your bench that, you know, you're going to have these questions about whether you should play him in this good matchup and he's just going to be horrendous in your team. <laughs> I know bullshit. the answer. I already know yeah. the answer. I've lived seven weeks of the answer. Anyhow, um, let's look forward, um, brother. It's been a good month of torturing ourselves about those three each. Um, Do you want to start with the sell high or do you want to start with the buy lows? That's it, mate. I'm going to go with the uh, the sell highs. So I've got another theme here uh, with my sell highs. (laughs) He can't help himself. Look, it's just a general theme. They're all wide receivers. (laughs) Um, I'll be interested to hear your takes uh, of yours if they aren't receivers. Uh, I looked at the list of the QBs, running backs, and tight ends, and I just felt like they were all relatively well-placed for where I see them going in the future. Um, So it was, it was all, I I found more wide receivers in the, in the situation that I would consider a sell high than those other positions because everyone looks well-placed as I mentioned. So um, my first sell high is the wide receiver six on the season. And it's Hollywood Brown. Oh, a huge, a huge part of his season was that unbelievable passing effort from Lamar and the comeback win against the Colts. Yeah, that isn't going to be the formula moving forward for the Ravens, however. Plus, Rashad Bateman has now returned and looked good straight away. So I'm saying you cash in on this guy because I can see very inconsistent performances moving forward. Mate, I'm cool with that. Um, 
I've always sort of seen Hollywood as one of these guys who he's not going to be like nine targets, eight catches for, you know, 80 yards and the occasional touchdown kind of guy. He's, he's streak it boom and bust. He's, he's not as boom and bust as like a Deshaun Jackson, but he's, he's more that end than he is the Cooper cup end. You know what I mean? So I, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. And the passing just isn't often there for Lamar. I know it's been better. And like that game against the Colts was just phenomenal. Like he was at like a 90% completion rate. And it was just absolutely phenomenal how Steven just rammed it into me with that comeback from Lamar. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it just, Randy. yeah, it was insane. And that was a huge part of his year. And I just, I cannot see him being in the top six by the end of the year. He just doesn't screen consistency to me at all. Um, yeah. yeah, like you said, he's definitely not a PPR guy because he seems no. to make it in real boom bust plays. So, yeah, I, I just see him as Low a volume huge high sell high yeah. Absolutely. No, look, I love it. I love it. Um, man, you're not going to get an argument with me around people who um, – like, I, this is the thing, right? So, part of the value of a guy like Hollywood Brown is he could just be wide receiver sits by the time the season's over if he has enough of those games. Um, but you're never going to know when they're going to come – Ever. No, exactly. And I, I don't like to yeah. live like that. And, like, your team's probably not in a good situation if you're feeling like you're guaranteed to play Hollywood Brown every week, if that makes sense. Like, you <laughs> yes. probably want more depth in your wide receiver position that you probably would be playing another guy over Hollywood in uh, most of your games because you just don't know if the consistency is going to be there. So, you know, you could have him and then he could be putting up performances on your bench anyway. So, oh, this yeah. This is the I'd, perfect flex guy in our size league because you're like, I don't yeah. want him as my wide receiver one, even if he's in that kind of range in scoring because he's too up and down. I don't know if I want him as my wide receiver two because his ups are really up, but gee, he has a lot of downs and I need more consistency. But also when he is your flex consideration, he just tortures the shit out of you because what about the week you bench him and he scores 28? Oh, fuck. Sucks us. It really sucks us. <laughs> yeah. um, what's George your got- first one, mate? Oh, okay. To me, I, yeah, I actually found a quarterback, so I'm going to start with that. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. So um, Jalen Hurts is the mobile version of Blake Bortles, and I always talked about how he just finds ways to score points late in games because they're frequently down by two scores, and he just runs and throws his way to all kind of junk scores. D- do I care if Philly are winning games? No. Fuck No. But I actually kind of prefer when they're not. Um, the thing is that he's found himself, as you said in the last episode, at quarterback six through seven weeks. And, and that's cool, but here's my concern. So he's going to face the dog shit Detroit Lions this week. And again, he can throw up your 25-point day now, but then he immediately gets four defenses in a row that are top 10 and restricting points to quarterbacks. And then a week off, and then the Giants, who are again in that top 10 still. So to me... You might get another week to shop him around, but saying goodbye always hurts. Hey, you like that? Yeah, fantastic, mate. Yeah. So I found a way to hate Jalen Hurts. Well, that's fine. And you are right. Like, I'm just looking at the matchups now. Probably could play a little game where you keep him keep him for one week and one then drop week. him. And then just yep, dog him. Try and trade yeah. up. Try and use him to trade up and get into something more stable. Yep, Chargers, Denver, New Orleans. There, there wouldn't be any games that you'd be confident in him. I don't know if anyone's no. been confident in him all year. Um, it's it's completely true. And there's every chance that, look, I, I think Philly are giving up on this year. I think they realise that they're not really going places this year. So they probably will just keep Hurts going. I don't know if he is their future. I think they see a lot of issues in him in terms of actual real-life uh, play. Um 
but again, yeah, I, I, I just couldn't see it because the guy just finds a way. It doesn't seem to matter. Those tough defenses are probably good teams that are going to be in front of them. So he's probably going to do the same thing again. So I just didn't see the value per se because of, at running a quarterback six, I can just see him staying there all season. Um, and it's weird that he feels inconsistent, but he is actually the most consistent quarterback in the league. Yeah. That's what's crazy. Like, it's so odd that you are cringing when you have him in your lineup. Like, when you use your quarterback, um, you were just cringing after every three quarters every week. And then somehow he actually ends up the most consistent quarterback in the league, which is just crazy. And that's why I just, I guess I couldn't get there myself in terms of being a buy, uh, sorry, a sell high, just because I feel like you're just going to consistently get what you're getting out of him. But I agree. Like, that's a great point about the matchups. And that's what yeah. you do look at is, well, hey, wait a week after after Detroit and then sell him right before he gets three really tough defenses. So, like, I thought no issue with the call. Yeah, he's not set up to get it. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not... No. Like, it, it, this is a guy you have to look at matchups for and they're coming and they are dirt for him. And he can prove me wrong. That's fine. But I'm just betting the unders and I've got the balls to take that on. Even if you don't, that's okay. Some of us are is more men one- than others. <laughs> So one person that feels like he is the sixth best quarterback in the league right now, like even for fantasy, there will no, be. like it, it feels gross. But the fact that people will look at the stats and go, well, he's actually outperforming, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy. Like you said, like he's, I'm pretty sure he's in front of Rogers. Like, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's what's crazy. And I, like, I would take Rogers over him um, straight away. And like, that's what I mean. Like you'd get one more good game out of him, trade him. Uh, for someone like that, and you actually might even get another piece if the people feel like Rogers are a worse fantasy quarterback than him. So, you know, it is actually a pretty decent call. Um, Thank so you. the next one might be a bit of a surprise. Uh, it won't after what's just happened <laughs> with my trade. Uh, he's actually on my team. No, he isn't. <laughs> this is how good these are. No, oh, good. Uh, it's the wide receiver 11, DJ Moore. <laughs> DJ Moore. My- DJ, no more. DJ, no more. My God, I'm close to throwing my Sam Darnold membership card in the bin. Uh, It it has been horrendous, and it's completely destroying DJ Moore's breakout season. Moore is still getting an absurd percentage of the yards, but they just aren't there. I will say that things may get better when CMC is back, but that is more the narrative I'd try to be selling than I would be hoping that Moore gets better if I'm the owner. Mm. And who knows how long CMC even stays healthy. It's been, it's, I've been all over this guy in the preseason, and I'm incredibly happy with the production so far, but I'd look to ship him for a better, for a better quarterback situation. Man, I, I completely agree because I think, you know, oh, this guy gets this massive target share. Okay, let's talk about share because that's a percentage-based thing. So... Would you like 50% share of $1 or would you like yeah. 1% share of $1,000? You know, let's, let's actually just talk about the tangible stuff. He's the, How many passing yards are in that Carolina offense? How many yards is that for him? Okay, that's more what I'm interested in. I think you're right. The, the needle shifting a bit here and Donald who started the year with more options, which made him more difficult to pin down where he was going to go with the ball. Uh, and that's been taken away. So, you know, it's a lot more predictable. And it's a lot easier to can that up. But it does mean hyper-targeting one guy. And he gets the ball to him sometimes for some yards. But, man, it's it's tough sledding. So, you're not going to get a disagreement out of me. It's just sad because he was my guy in the preseason. And everything's worked out. Like, I'm stoked with the call I made. Like, yeah. well, he was like, 
wide receiver 18 or 20 sort of range in the draft. And he's been like, this is the lowest he's been all season as wide receiver 11. He's been sitting in like four and five for a lot of the year. So I've been incredibly happy with the value I've got from the draft. It's just, this is why it's fluid. You'd stay water in, in, you know, fantasy football. Like you need to look at what's happening and think of what's going to happen in the future. And just because you've got awesome value on a guy so far, doesn't mean you have to just sit tight on it. If there's an opportunity to find a guy at, at better value, then you take it. So that's why we sort of do these segments. hundred percent. And I think that's why you're going to like my next guy. Um, sell high on the inverted erection, Melvin Gordhon who won't give you a hard-on. We also call him Captain Morgan from that um, drink-driving charge you had last year. I'm going to say something that will make you throw up in your mouth a little bit, and it's not that Joe Flacco might be a starting quarterback again. It's that Melvin Gordon is a top-20 running back through seven weeks in our league. He's running back 19. It's hard to hear, and it's even harder to imagine that it stays this way because he's already on the lower end of the snap and touch counts in Denver. Um, so it shows his role sort of sliding away because he's managed 10 rushes in a game only once in a month. Um, so the opportunity is starting to disappear from him. And perhaps owners already don't trust him because he's kind of started like he's a low in flex. He's only getting started in 40% of leagues. If you can find a buyer for him, go and get a player who is in the ascending part of the 25 to 30 range at running back because I'd be advocating to sell this guy while he's still in that top 20 and use that as the way to talk about it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I've been saying all year, spooking Javante for a second half breakout. Um, I just think in general, it's just going to slowly creep towards Javante and that's what we're starting to see. Uh, and then I think they have a buy coming up soon and I wouldn't be surprised to them to really, really start leaning on Javante after that. He's the future of the team. He's the high draft capital. Gordon won't be there next year. It makes no sense for them to to really keep this even split the whole season when they really want to, you know, see what they can get out of Javante moving forward. Um, and like I said, they, they don't owe anything to Gordon. He's not going to be there anyway. So I've understood the team why sucks. they did it this way. The team yeah, sucks. They're the not winning. Sucks. There's just no point. Like Vic Fangio um, may be the next coach five. Exactly. There's just no point to keep leaning on Gordon as much as they have. I think it's just going to go from a timeshare to a clear lead back and back up behind them, and Gordon's going to be on the wrong side of it. Yeah, totally agree. So that was my take on it, and that, yeah, you can probably actually get a buyer for him if you move now. Don't wait. Go talk now. And even if you're taking somebody who's further down the running back tree today, look for somebody who's on the ascending part of it and, uh, and just know that um, that will shift quickly. Absolutely. All right, well, staying with the Denver Broncos, uh, this last one oh, is no. wide receiver 17. So uh, oh, no. not enormously high, but I think he's still got some great value. And I'm oh, telling no. you to sell your shares in Cortland Sutton. No! Because the Jerry Judy train is arriving back in town. And for a team that already doesn't throw for a huge amount of yardage, that small pie is about to be eaten into by JJ. Sutton definitely has value and not everyone will realise that Judy is coming back this week off IR. This also doesn't guarantee a lack of production for Sutton and a quality pass catcher like Judy can help overall total of passing yards. But I think that Sutton has been feeding off being the guy and with Judy back, his games are going to be incredibly inconsistent. Wow. So way to read off my page too because I've got the same guy. (laughs) I I didn't go preparing any alternates. Um, I mean, look, so uh, oh, I'm going to agree with you. We don't need alternates for this one. I was happy for us to get the same. <laughs> and I thought I was doing probably the right thing too. I, I'm surprised 
I was not surprised when you said we've got three or receivers that one of them would be the same as my receiver because this is my first choice. Um, he was a sixth-round pick on draft day, and that's 95th overall to the Cornhuskers from the University of Bumfuck Nowhere State. But what I'm going to say here is that Ryan got back wide receiver 17, right, while Jerry Judy's been clinically dead. And that land of milk and honey is about to dry out a bit and look more like downtown Fallujah. Um, it'll be more of a battle zone for Turdy's targets now. And the unquestioned number one is Jerry Judy, and he's back on deck. In the last game they played together, Judy saw double-digit targets and five times the yards of Sutton tells me an awful lot. So don't watch him turn into nothing. Go trade him for Sutton. Brilliant. Yeah, okay. Absolutely brilliant, mate. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Keeping up with this, uh, the highest standards on this podcast. Um, Yeah, like I said, (laughs) we were pretty similar on that. we both like Judy's uh, outlook. Um, yeah, I just think it's time to sell your shares in Sutton where you can get it. Agreed. A thousand percent agreed. And um, so this is Ryan who's got him in our league. And it actually kind of makes me a little pleased to see that there's something that's going to ding the value of his team just a fucking pinch because his team is ridiculous. It is you and he, to me, clearing away the two power teams in the, the league who need to be chased down and Pete a very clear third. But there is daylight between you two and Pete. So this might bring Ryan back toward the Pete end of it. You know what I mean? I do. I um I find it funny that uh, Mark brought up the thing about how many moves our teams have made, and Ryan had made zero, and then he yeah. finally made a move. I just noticed he uh, dropped Ronald Jones <laughs> because he needed to pick up a tight end and, and get Tonyan. So it's like Ryan was finally forced into a move. <laughs> finally, after all this time, yeah, he's um kind of I guess like the lucky charms light because he's not getting the wins because his team's lucky. He's got a really good lineup and he's got a really good lineup because he's a bit lucky to have Cotton Sutton who's fine, but coming back off a big ACL injury, completely unproven, just gets Jerry Judy hurt in the first week. Like stuff like that is just, you can't buy that. You can't know that's coming. And all of a sudden it gives him a locked and loaded. I mean, so 17 is the edge of wide receiver one in our league. So if you've got another guy who's bona fide wide receiver one, now you've got two wide receiver ones, you know, like it's just that that's just the kind of luck that comes your way that makes the difference between a good team and a great team. And and Ryan's got a great team this year because of stuff like that. For sure. All right. Well, I'll move to my first buy low. Yes. Um, now, this first guy was my start of the week last week at the quarterback position and put up a fantastic week. It's uh, quarterback 28 on the season. Tua Tagovailoa. Woo-woo. Now, they are in Buffalo this week who have been number one against quarterbacks. So, my gut says wait a week, but this may actually bring a trade opportunity. Uh, The player with Tua will most probably not be playing him this week. So, get him off him now for a lower value. My main analysis on him being a guy, um, being a buyer, sorry, is this team is going to be behind so often because they cannot stop a wet fart. (laughs) <laughs> they are absolute saggy dog testies when they have no will to change this um, with their season all but over already. Tua is playing for his life and has been throwing like a madman since his return, and I don't see this changing. Bad defense and a pass-heavy QB is a great recipe for a fantasy quarterback. Mm, isn't it just? Makes you just uh, salivate because this is exactly what we're talking about with the, the Hertz thing too, is that they're just trailed by multiple scores late in games and things soften up a bit. Absolutely. 
Good for fantasy point. Horrible if you're Marky Mark or Jerry and that you're Dolphins fans, but um, great <laughs> exactly. for everybody else in the community. So screw those guys. Uh-huh. You like mine then because this is the same set of uh, circumstances, except I've gone to the other end of the dichotomy of ageism in quarterbacks. You've got a nice young guy, barely been in the league, running for his life, terrified. This guy's had actually a pretty decent life. And at the end of his career now, um, it turns out he's pretty much running around the, uh, like the, the jungle with a shotgun, just shooting at everything that moves because he's just fucking terrified because he's got this horrible defense and he's just got to try and find a fucking way to survive. I say, um, I, okay, we'll start with this. How shit were my undies, my Reg Grundies, my bod catchers, my budgie smugglers? That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Matt Ryan but less shit than you'd think. Matty Ryan, okay, so he's quarterback 19 today, and in a 10-team league, yeah, that's not exciting, but he's fresh off a run of games where he's put up 36, 26, and 22, and that might not make him a weekly start every time, but have a go at this run of games that he plays from week eight. It's week eight now. On to week 14, okay? You ready for this? Carolina, New Orleans, okay, they're not as scary as they look. They just face Geno. Dallas, no troubles. New England, no troubles. Jags, no troubles. Tampa, okay, that makes you scared a bit. Carolina, again, no troubles. Then into the playoffs, San Francisco, no troubles. Detroit, no troubles. Oh. It's the final before you get Buffalo, and you're not going to do that. So he's not your weekly starter, but he's really only got two hairy weeks between now and the semi-final. So he's a name to squirrel away for bye weeks, really. Or if your starter has a ball sack matchup, or if your starter dies. That Buffalo matchup, that will probably rest everyone by then too, because they've probably got the division sewn up. So uh, that actually might not be as bad a matchup as you'd think too. So... Oh, I completely agree. I've got Matt Ryan in a dynasty league, and it looked like he was just like the word. Like, I didn't pick him up to be great. It's a dynasty league. Like, he's nah. a dinosaur. So, he was just more because we've got a two quarterback league. Um, got to start someone. Handy to have. Yeah, exactly. All yeah. like the, the waiver wire is no one. Like, it's, you know, it might, like, who was playing quarterback for you in Astros? Was it Pete? You know, he probably is on the waivers. So, um, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's incredible. So, uh, like, I'm just pretty stoked that Matt Ryan's actually sort of turning things around. And the best part yeah. for him is I actually think the pass catches are starting to look pretty good for him. So you've got Kyle Pitts break out. Um, Calvin Ridley is still there. I still think he is going to break out eventually again. Like it's just, it can't keep going like this for Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Um, and then just like Corderell, like Patterson, he, he just looks phenomenal for him as well. He's a bit of a safety blanket for him in the backfield. So I, I think he's got a great setup uh, moving forward. And again, their defense is terrible. So he's going to have to keep passing. So yeah, I think it's a great pick. Beauty. I'm glad I when I get the Taylor stamp of approval. <laughs> Bring out the gong guy. <laughs> so uh, I've talked about this next guy a few times on the pod. Um, I brought him up as a late season sleeper, and I thought he may even take the top job on his own merit. Well, he's fallen into it now, so I'm taking the running back 34 on the season, Kenneth Gainwell. Ooh. With Miles sustaining what looks like a Saquon type injury, this gives Gainwell a big opportunity. Gamewell has been more than useful as their third down back, but he now gets an opportunity to be their lead rusher. Now, tempers some expectations as there's more runs in Matt Ryan's undies than there is in the Eagles' game plans, but it's still an upside he has never had before. 
He gets the Lions, then the Chargers, who are both in the bottom four at defending the running back position. Great signs for Kenneth. Oh, that is great signs. Oh. Yeah, now that actually makes me feel pretty good about the couple of shares. I've got him in some places too. Unfortunately, not in this league. Uh, but um, Yeah, this is, this is terrific stuff. You know, you called him out way early in the season to say, Miles Sanders sucks balls. Um, and you were right. <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> that was verbatim, by the way. I don't know if you noticed, but I actually played a recording of you saying that. That, yeah, wasn't that, was... <laughs> that was actually a recording of you. <laughs> um, that sounds exactly what I, I love this call um, because, strangely, out of all these rookie running backs, you get Najee, who's obviously just been gifted a role. Um, you get Javante, who's having to work to overcome it. And then you got this Gainwell guy who I don't think anyone was really expecting to become something big. And then he's just kind of proven he needs to be on the field. And now, thanks to an injury to Dirtbag Sanders, who, I don't know, remember when he was a rookie and he'd been backing up Saquon in college? And then they're like, well, you know, Saquon was good. And now this guy's coming out of the same college. So you know how good he's going to be. And of course, he's not good. Um, but, yes. you know, so just I'm sort of glad to see Sanders out of the way to give Gamewell a bit of a crack because I want to see, I've got to see what this is like. I do too. And he's only been getting about 30 odd percent snap count. Yeah. Um, and then, sorry, the percentage, so 30 odd percent of, yeah. of the snap share. And he's actually like double, like, so he's running back 34. He's he's in front of Sanders, I believe. Like he's yeah, actually going as good, if not slightly better than Sanders, with a thirty percent share. Um, because well, for starters, like the passing game works probably more, um, you know, fantasy relevant for that team because, like I said, they don't run a lot. Um, runs. But it just proves again that the fact that he can come in as a rookie, um, and and take way less of the share and actually still be more fantasy relevant. So I'm really looking forward to what it looks like. Obviously, Boston Scott will take some. So yep. it's not like he's just going into some complete full workload, but he's going to get far more than what he was getting before. There's just no doubt about that. So I'm really interested to see what that looks like. Oh, same. If he ends up in a 50-50, I'd be happy with that. Um, just seeing Kenneth Gainwell on the field more reminds me of this thing that Barney Stinson said on How I Met Your Mother, where he's like, um, just saying about things that he had to experience once in his life. He's like, you know, it's just like sleeping with a really tall chick, like, you know, seven feet tall. I just have to know what that's like. And so I kind of like that with Gamewell. I just have to know what that's like. Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah, that's the one. MPH, man. He won't be sleeping with women, but, you know, at least Barney is. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. exactly. um, my by low, I don't know much about his bedroom life, but David Montgomery may still be another week or so away. Don't let it deter you, though, from approaching your league's owner with a lower than market value offer. Here's why. He's a 15-carry-a-game guy who gets a few targets too. And if you're in the middle of the pack and you can afford maybe one more week less than full strength, just go and approach your Montgomery owner who might need to win today because they're two and five or three and four and just in danger of losing touch altogether. Here's the upcoming slate from week nine onwards. So Pittsburgh, not great, not, not scary. I mean, they used to be scary. They're not. Baltimore, oh, bottom 10 against running backs. Lions, bottom 10 against running backs. Cardinals, okay, again, so that's not so great. Packers. No worries, mate. This guy is owned in pretty much every league, but he averages 14.7 points per game in half PPR. We could all use 14.7 points in PPR, Tay. Yes, we could. Yes, we could. Um, The only thing that worries me a little bit is I think this Coyle Herbert breakout's real, and it's not going to 
like Herbert's not going to come. Like when Montgomery's back, Herbert's not going to be the guy. Don't get me wrong. Nope. But I just think there's going to be enough worry with uh, Montgomery's uh, workload because he was getting 80 or percent of the snaps uh, before he went down. I don't think he's going to get that in the first couple of games he's back. I think they're going to realize that this this Herbert situation is for real and they're going to give him about like 35 to 40% of it, I believe, um, just to sort of manage Montgomery um, for sure, especially after this injury. I think Damian Williams is just gone now. Like he might get some occasional third down roll uh, because he seems like a pretty decent pass catcher. But I do worry that Herbert may take some of his running game away because they, like I said, they're just going to want to manage him. Um, so that would be my only worry. But the worry, like I'm not worried about having Montgomery. Like it, you want him back. He's still going to be a top echelon sort of running back. And like you said, if he's still like a week away, then you, you could find a, you know, an antsy owner that really needs to win right now and just try and make an offer for, you know, a middling running back and they might take it because they're desperate. So, yeah, I definitely see that as a, as a buy low still. Yeah, those two and five teams or three and four teams, they can't wait another week. They can't wait another week. I mean, it, what are you going to do? You're going to be two and six. Like, you need to move. And everything I move. everything I just said is just things you could say to the owner. <laughs> like, you know, just put the things they feel is out there. Oh, Herbert, you know, he's going to take a lot more of your snap share. They're going to be worried about his injury. Blah blah blah. That's they're the things you put in the Montgomery's owner's head so that they get rattled and they and they give you Montgomery. So I'm just giving you some tips, mate. Um, but guys, just make sure you played that part of the podcast down the phone <laughs> when you're talking to your trade partner. That's all you need to do. Absolutely. All right, so I'll move on to my last uh, buy low. And this last player is a household name of fantasy football. But at wide receiver 33, currently he more than fits the bill as a buy low. What if I was to tell you, Matty C, there was a receiver at 33 – has averaged 1,200 yards a season over his last four seasons. Would you consider that pretty consistent and someone who shouldn't be at wide receiver 33? It does sound a lot like my Astros career. Um, So, no, I'd say you'd have to be higher up. I mean, I was always first-round pick in the uh, ACT GL fantasy drafts. I was always way up there because of those kind of numbers. And I would expect no less for an NFL player like that, even though it's a far, far subpar league compared to the ACT GL. Like you'd be a buy high. You know, you're high value, but you just buy because you just know you're going to get good. You pay up for Devontae uh, Adams, Ben. You pay up for Matty Exactly. <laughs> what if I was also to tell you that his quarterback is better than any of those past seasons, uh, and especially those first three seasons where he averaged over 1,300 yards a season? You know who I'm talking about, Willis? I'd, I'd be interested. I'd be interested. I'm not going to lie. It's Keenan freaking Allen, and I implore for all of you to go test the Keenan Allen owner right now. Do it. Pick up your device and make an offer because the owner isn't happy with the production so far. But I'm here on my soapbox that will probably break under my tremendous weight telling you <laughs> that things will only get better for this man. The stats I spoke about already don't lie. Everything has gone to Mike Williams so far, but it's bound to change back. Allen is still the one and will end up there again. That's my bold statement here, considering he's 24 spots behind Williams. Go get him now. Right now, Matty said. Go get him. But, mate, I'm a bit busy. I'm in a podcast. (laughs) And you're also talking to the owner of Keaton Allen now. Yeah. It's funny how this works. No, that's not funny because I'm going to have this conversation with the Keenan Allen owner. He's going to be like, fuck off, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I only just got him. 
Brexit would be harder. It's just so funny that I wrote this. I wrote this yesterday. I love this. And then I go, you, go you know what I should do? Followed. I should talk to the Keenan Allen owner. I'm not going to lie, though. Like, doing these segments, it actually makes me get on the front foot with some of this stuff. Because like, it makes me think about, um, you know, guys I do want to target. And then, and then people like I would want to sell high, and that's exactly what I did. I sold DJ Moore for Keenan Allen, like yeah. it's um, and obviously with some other stuff involved as well. But um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's just all <laughs> what you're doing here. Is, you're using this as a way to talk about people you own. I'm doing all sorts of things to make sure I'm talking about people I don't own, so I don't get these crazy <laughs> ideas, or I don't get people coming knocking on my door going, "Well, you said you should have sell high on this guy." I'm just trying to avoid all the junk mail. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to get all these bills done before the podcast airs as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about them on Tuesday, Wednesday, and make sure we get yeah. these deals done by Friday. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm not. I'm not, not as dumb as I look. <laughs> Mate, I've got a guy who's not as dumb as he looks. Would you like to hear about my last buy low candidate? And uh, yes, I'm gonna. I would. I'm gonna take it with a big cup of humble soup. I'm sick of humble pie. I'm gonna have humble soup because. Well, I don't know. You could have a humble coffee. I don't know. Some something to sip on with this because I was I'm um, I'm wrong. I'm just wrong. I think this is the time you buy low on T Higgins. And yeah, yeah. Fucking, I knew you would do a fucking lap of honor yes. straight away. I know it. <laughs> I've got written on my page. Give deep breaths so Taylor can take lap of honor. It's on there. I'll email it to you later. You will not believe it. Um, because the thing here is that. There's a situation that is incongruent. I learned that word last week and I've been desperate to say it. Incongruent. It's essentially where the circumstances and the outcome can't match. There's just no way they can match. This guy, get this, 15 targets in a huge win outside the top 50 at wide receiver. What? Insane. What? Um, A man, before he was injured there, he even had 10 targets in the game. He got hurt. Like, I mean, he's clearly the cheaper option in the Bengals offense. I kind of was holding on to hope that the even cheaper option, um, Mr. Boyd, was going to be the one who pulled through as a clear to, and I'm wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And I'm okay with that because I love myself some Joe Burrow, and he's definitely – um, now cemented himself into that top 10 in fantasy quarterback scoring in our league. So his objects of admiration need to be on your rosters. You're never going to get Jamar Chase off the Jamar Chase owner. He's like Mayfair on the fucking Monopoly board. But you know what? You could get Higgins for the cost of maybe Vine Street or one of the train stations. He might be 90% owned, but he's 56% started. And he can be had. So go make an offer. Mate, you took preaching to the choir here, mate. Absolutely love it. I... Uh... I only have one share of him, and it's in that Megalobol uh, with with the Yanks, and he hasn't really given me much. But I'm glad I have him, though. I, I like I agree. The 15 targets was massive. massive. I still think um, with him just sort of starting to get more healthy. Uh, look, I, I I think the chase thing's obviously for real. Like he's he's going to be the lead. He's going to be the one getting the massive boom games and things like that because he's phenomenal. But that doesn't mean there isn't going to be some left for Higgins, and Higgins is just clearly the next best guy over everyone else, except maybe Uzoma, the, the, the Uzoma effect. has <laughs> had a little bit of the touchdowns, but like... That no actually does sound like a weather phenomenon, the Uzoma effect. It really does. <laughs> and like, 
it's the sticky stats are the targets. Like that's they're the ones that hang around, and I just can't imagine if he's getting that many looks from uh, Barrow um, that 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 he's not going to have some big games moving forward. So it's yeah, it's a phenomenal pick. Yeah, just wrong on Tyler Boyd, and you were very right on T Higgins, and we were both very wrong on Jamar Chase. And nobody knew who the fuck Uzoma was until three weeks ago when he started scoring two touchdown games. So, you know, a lot to be learned in fantasy football. And they are my three by lows. Hot watch. Oh, it has been weeks and weeks since we've heard that drop. And and as I said last time, there was a bit of confusion when I made that drop because I thought you said hawk watch. So I put a hawk in there like that sort of sound of a hawk. And that's going to appear every 13 seconds for the next two minutes. So, yeah, you're welcome. Um, can you just refresh us about what the Hawk Watch was all about again? Yeah, so basically, um, I'm in a four PPR league and I took uh, Hawk in my in the eighth round. And I came to you um, in our messenger group and, and sort of spruiked it and said that I thought I got incredible value getting in in the eighth. And then you sort of said, oh, hold up, I... I don't actually see the awesome value there. Um, you basically brought up that, you know, pretty much anyone from tight end, you know, four or five range to tight end 12 don't really have huge value over the other. So I think you're pretty much saying you could have waited till the end of the draft at that stage and got someone of pretty similar value. And I thought Hawk was going to be far better than that and actually be a very good value in the eighth. So yeah. it sort of started a bit of a chat between you and I. and. Uh, we just decided we'd touch base to see how it was going with Hawk moving forward every you know few weeks or so, and yeah, it's, it's time to have a look at him again. All right, so and look, one hundred percent, my thoughts on it were yeah, exactly that. Like, it was really, do you believe Hawk is going to make that jump into being the next level of tight end and pretty much repeat what he did last year, or do you think he just kind of turns back into a pumpkin? And I took the pumpkin end, and you sort of took the no, he's legit, and and I got a steal. Um, Mate, this segment was going really well for you in the first couple of weeks, and then it kind of dried up, but it hasn't been a complete bust. How, how do you rate Hawk at the moment, given those things? So I definitely used the stats from this full PPR league because I thought it was quite relevant because that's obviously the league I got him in. Yeah. I thought full yeah. PPR with him being um, what I thought would you know, be a target monger or something I called him, I thought that would make him even more relevant there. So he's tight end six. Uh, on the season and I mean that's kind of where we you were sort of putting him anyway Uh, but I kind of had this thing where I wanted to compare him to whoever is tight end 12 because I thought roughly in the (laughs) 8th round is probably where the tight end 12 would be and he's at this stage he's 23 points ahead of tight end 12 so like again it's kind of a hard thing to work out whether it's right or not Um, I mean you're looking at well like 3 more points a game uh, you know, so far over whoever's tight end 12. But again, it's sort of hard to work out whether it's, you know, really that much more valuable or not. Um, I would consider it being closer to your side at this stage. Like I thought what he was doing at the start of the year was really, really on the side of me because yeah. like he was a clear standout in that spot. And I think for it to be really value for me, I'm probably going to need him to be closer to that top three. Um, so I'd, I'd lean your side um i've look i've been happy with him like it's not like it's killed my team or anything like that right um it's it's been it's been more than fine uh but i think he's gonna need to sort of take a bit more of a leap moving forward for it to sort of lean my way 
Yeah, look, and I think that's fair. I hadn't brought it up in full PPR because, well, the the resource I look at the most is Astros scoring. So I just kind of pulled him up in Astros scoring knowing that, okay, so catches, yards, touchdowns, they're going to be the same no matter what they score. And out of the gate, pretty much 100 yards and a touchdown and then another 70 yards and a touchdown two weeks in a row. That tells you a lot about how they're maneuvering their offense. But then all of a sudden, he just kind of fell off a cliff there and had a game where he just had 10 yards in a game that they lost in a tight batch then he really hasn't crossed 50 yards for a whole month there until he had that sort of nice day out against the Bengals in that really close game too, but still hasn't sort of had a touchdown since week two. And what got me thinking here is, oh man, okay, we just need to have a look at what defenses are doing to the Lions. And this is something that came up this week. The Rams were even utilizing Ramsey against him. And managed to keep him down to eight yards per catch, which, you know, this is the thing about Hawk is he's one of these guys who's not your typical receiving tight end, who's, re- you know, just getting in behind some linebackers and, and making a the catch there. He's someone they actually used to stretch out the field and they kind of use him more like a an oversized wide receiver in a lot of places. So, you know, it's, it's clear that defenses are really aiming at that as a way to stop the lines. And I think they may overcome that in time and it might take, Khalif Raymond to continue being pretty much what Hawk was supposed to be in terms of where all those yards and those touchdowns are going. Maybe if Khalif Raymond's keeping that up, it forces defenses to have to respect that a bit more and gives Hawk a bit more room to play with. So I'm not going to call a win here because, as you said, tight end 12 in full PPR scoring still 23 points behind. And that's actually a pretty big gap, especially when you're talking about people who've only got 80-odd points on the board. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's it's just it's a little too you close to call um, exactly <laughs> whether it's whether it's value or not, and you got to sort of work out what you consider as value. If it's con- continued on the trajectory, he ends up forty odd points out of time in twelve. I'll I'll probably be pretty happy with that. But you'll be peacocking. You know, like <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see a bit more than that uh, to be really peacocking, but we'll wait and see. But top three is completely attainable this game. year, though. You've got Kittle dead, yeah, but Darren Waller just fallen off a cliff. So it's Kelsey at the top and then kind of no one second. Mark Andrews had one really big game. Gasicki, surely at the start of the year, thinking TJ Hawkinson was a jump up above Gasicki. I think it's totally gettable. Dawson Knoxkowski's in there. I mean, Pretty much taking anyone else earlier than eighth round would be a complete, like, you know, horrendous like for this year. Yeah, because, be like, Kelsey really is the only one. Um, I mean, a lot of people could even say, even if he's tight end one, he might not even be returning the value because he was Can going in first that? rounds and stuff. So, yeah. and you look at guys like Waller, Kittle, stuff like that, they really aren't returning anywhere near the value that they were drafted at. So, you know, if I, if I was talking about a tight end any earlier than going in the eighth, it'll be a complete disaster, it feel yeah. like. So, you know, the eighth is probably the first place you could actually start saying that you had any kind of value. Mate, I think it's time to wrap this up like a fajita. I've got some listener mail. Let's pull the drop in. Where's the mailman? Need some advice? You know that the question's going to be like, what colour is a football? Who has the mail? You got another one in there? You still got one more in the yep. big old Philip Rivers sack? Thanks to your questions at Astro League Podcast. <laughs> do, we, do we have a drop for that? <laughs> okay. I love this segment. This might actually... Oh, I love that we saved this to the end. It's like the... 
you know how the weather guy is always the quirky guy on the news and then they always finish with an even lovelier little story to finish? I, I haven't watched the news in years and years because I fucking hate it, but that's their, that's the way they set it up. So at least you leave feeling happy. And if nothing else on this show has made you happy, Listener Mail has kind of got to do that, right? I mean, how fun is Listener Mail? Always. It's just got such a large range of, uh, of questions. I don't know what's coming at me and... You know, it, it is really fun because I really enjoy the people listening and engaging and, you know, asking their different questions. It's awesome. <laughs> you couldn't get three more different questions than tonight. So this is going to definitely test the uh, dichotomy <laughs> of how far your brain's willing to stretch. This first one is from at Ringo's Got My Baby, <laughs> which is fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at Ringo's Got My Baby. Um, hey, the rhymes lately have been quite something. Taylor, where do you get the inspiration? <laughs> oh, man, a general question. I yeah. really don't know, mate. My my weird, <laughs> sick, you know, bad scientist brain. I, 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 like I said, I, I like to do my notes and things. I just sit there. And often I'll put my son to sleep and I always lay next to him. And often I'll spend that extra half an hour to 40 minutes just like on my phone writing notes. And it is purely <laughs> just... What I'll often do is I'll write the first line and then I'll just see how it ends and then it's just brainstorming <laughs> what's going to actually move in with it. And then it somehow turns into like, you know, butt entry jokes or, you know, something or shit or like it's it's whatever works. It it really, there's so no great. special uh, <laughs> special like <laughs> situation or, or thought process. It's really just me brainstorming and, and working out what sort of rhymes with whatever I've just written on the first line. <laughs> I feel and like, like we've just gone Wizard of Oz style behind the curtain uh, and just kind of gone, oh, it's just a man in the microphone. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing better than laying next to your three-year-old while he's sleeping thinking of uh, shit jokes. It's just wonderful. <laughs> a whole bunch of butter. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ringo's got my baby. There is the inspiration. Second one's from at Trey Glance, which I kind of like. That's, that's a bit fun. <laughs> my pre-season sleeper. <laughs> yeah, Trey, Trey Glance. All right, so he says, there's the arsehole defense, Atlanta, <laughs> and then there's an imitation arsehole defense in Kansas City, and then more recently, a Guinness World Record for arse secondary <laughs> in Tennessee, and a leaky oh. arsehole defense in Houston. Can we get a quick glossary on other defenses which pertain to arse? <laughs> Like which uh, which ones have we gone through there? Okay, so let me just pull this list up. Okay, so we've got Atlanta, check. Kansas, check. Tennessee secondary, check. Um, Houston. Who else? Oh, we say Miami, uh, some version Miami, of Miami. Don't we? I'll, I'll straight on to that. Miami. Jesus. Okay, Christ. so where do they fit on the R scale? <laughs> on the R spectrum. Oh. <laughs> we've got everything from leaky to world record. It's a genuine an imitation. <laughs> I'm going to go more on the cheeks here and go hairy ass. I'm just going to go the whole ass, not even the whole. Just like, do you know, you, you like you're going for a forest and you know you spill some honey <laughs> and it just sticks to the hair. I don't know what situation you've got a jar of honey when you're walking through the forest. I don't know where that came from. What Somehow is going on? Just this look of honey being on a hairy ass. Uh, that's. Somehow that's where we've got. So wow. basically, my, everyone knows this. Miami is a honey ass, hairy ass of honey. That's oh. that's what everyone knows their defense as. 
Holy cow. That was a magical ride. All right. I'm not fully recovered yet. The only thought I can take you behind the scenes again in the weird thought process in my head. For some reason, I thought of like, um, you know, when someone gets waxed or like, you know, when they get the hair ripped out, they put on that weird like shit that then 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 they put on the. It's like I think it is wax, and then it kind of looks like honey. For some reason, that was just my thought process: was that you carry honey for a forest. Yeah, look, mate, it's just great content. So, uh, we've covered this in the past, not not safe for work, really. But uh, wow, fa- fantastic! Thank thank you for that. I hope that answered your question wonderfully. Uh, are there any others we need to mention? Do we talk about like the Jets or the Jags or the the charge at forty nine? There's heaps of bad defenses. Are there any others that get on the R scale? Because yeah, I, I love this. I don't know because like some of them, like the Jets, are weird because I don't think they're great either. But like I said, they look like they're okay against like quarterbacks and stuff and wide receivers because <laughs> they're down so early. Like and then so the whole second half they don't pass, so they for some reason pat themselves on the back and go, "Yes, we stopped Burrow from you know passing seven hundred yards." <laughs> <laughs> because he just didn't pass in the second half. Um, yeah, there you so go. yeah, they're they're the main ones, I think. Just okay. like the ridiculously bad secondaries that just give up a lot of points. Yeah, I have to it talk to a really good maths wizard to work out how you plot that on some sort of visual graph of the uh, how do we measure <laughs> ass content in defense? And what I what think what place? matters too sometimes is you want to play against a defense like that that also has a decent quarterback, like a team that scores themselves and also has a terrible defense. Like I remember that was Seattle last year because like Russ would just, you know, he'd have like yeah. freaking 40-second drives and stuff and score. And then the defense wasn't great either. So then there was just ridiculous high-scoring <laughs> points. So, yeah, that's where you really targeted Seattle because you knew the game was going to be high-scoring because – you know, a team can be really bad defensively, but if their offense can't score, then it's not going to be a high-scoring game. So you're not going to get the full like game out of it. But when the other team keeps up, that's just you know that's oh, yeah. goals. Thirty-four, thirty-ones every week, please. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, all right. So last one now is I hope that answers Trey Glance's question. It's definitely answered it for me uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, great answer. <laughs> the last one is our most frequent flyer, and I love this guy. I've been talking to Man John at the Pastry Press NFL quite a lot. I know he's been in your inbox too. He's a great guy and go check out his content if you can put up with a 49er slant on it. Um, but he asked me very specifically to come to you and ask you whether you think Derek Henry is the fantasy MVP at this point of the year. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt? Wow. There's no there's no doubt. And right now you, you, you're redrafting him at one. Um because, look, there are other guys too. Like, you got to look at Jamar Chase and, um, and Cooper Cup and things like that because where they were drafted. But there was this whole idea that Henry was being drafted too high. Could you start putting guys behind him like Zeke and, and Aaron Jones and stuff ahead of him? He doesn't do much in the passing game. He's had 300-plus carries in the last two years. He's not going to be able to back up his 2,000 yards. You know, like Julio coming in, are they going to pass more? There were all these narratives about him as to why you shouldn't take him, like I think he was consensus four. But he is just leaps and bounds better than everyone else right now. I saw a stat, I know this was before last week, so it might have slightly changed. He had more fantasy points than everyone, quarterbacks like as well. 
And that, obviously, no. that's just general scoring. That was probably a four-point passing scoring. Yeah. So probably yeah, not Astro, yeah. but yeah. in general, like that is still insane. Like it was just incredible, and it was. I think he was like seventy points ahead of second. Like Austin Eckler was second, and he had like seventy more points than him or something. Um, like he had a, he had the same gap between him and second as second did to like forty second. Like you know what I mean? Like that's that's how insane he has been compared to everyone else, and he's so consistent. Like he's just always going to get an absurd amount of rush attempts for that Titans team, and the team seems to be getting into a bit of a groove too. So there's only going to be more opportunities for him to score touchdowns. Where would you consider him in the NFL MVP race? This is part two of the same question. You know, Derrick Henry is going to have to be a complete outlier to be even in consideration. And the Titans are going to have to be really, really up there. And I can see some off games, the Titans, you know, like I I still wouldn't consider them one of the big title threats. I, I think they can be a threat in the playoffs, but I could also see them like jagging the five, six seed or something. Like I know they'll probably win their division, so they'll probably be higher. But in terms of record, I could see them being around the middle of the AFC playoffs. So I don't know if that's going to be high enough um, for him. And in terms of right now, I think you'd put guys like Kyler uh, would probably be first. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, I think, has been incredible. I think the Bills are going to be right up there again. Um, they're just two kind of names that come to my head first that I'd definitely put ahead of Derrick Henry. So. Well, that's fair. I think he was also listening to the world and started throwing touchdowns. So um, keep that up, Derek. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the old um, it's, it's a quarterback award. Okay, no, it's hold my yeah. beer. I've got this. Yeah, love that. Love that. Let's hope we see more of that, mate. We have got to the end of a second massive show. I actually think the more we do this and the longer they go, the more fun I have too. It's just more is more. I know I said that in the first episode. More is more. I I, I love doing these. Absolutely, me too, mate. That's like, you know, I've never seen time go quicker ever than when we do this podcast. Like, I cannot believe how much time flies by when you look at the time after you've been on them. And it definitely doesn't drag on. It's just so much fun. And I love the preparation as you've taken a look behind the curtain with my mind and and how things sometimes happen. But it's just funny again, like, (laughs) approved again, like, did some notes, you know, yesterday and they had to change just because of a trade you know, happening live on the air. That's how quickly things can change in NFL fantasy. So, yeah, it's been great again, mate. I can't wait for this week and hoping my team goes a bit better this week. I'm a bit more confident than I've been, but that could mean nothing. I could be four and four next week. So it shows how much things can change. Ah, mate, you're due for a bounce back. It'll be all right. <laughs> I've got faith in you, mate. Oh, I hope so, yeah. I, I, like, I like the look of my team this week. So we'll, we'll wait and see. Well, see, you've called your own number as the super for the second time this season. It worked last time, so uh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, mate. Thanks again for having me. (laughs) You're welcome, mate. Huru, take care.